Hi, everyone. Welcome to Joshua Live. I'm Gary Temple Bodley. Today's episode is really cool. Joshua forms it all in a story. It's a story you wrote prior to your birth, and you're the main character living in that story any way you'd like. You can live as the victim, you can live as the creator, or anywhere in between. And what's interesting is you don't realize that you're the main character of your story. But when you return to the non-physical, you'll see it clearly. And Joshua explains this idea uh, in a really interesting way today. We also have some great questions. The first one is from Undine, and she asks, how do you say no to someone you love when you can see the higher perspective and they can't? And how can you not feel guilty when you do that? And then Pamela asked about this idea called Zero Choice Point. It's presented in the Ascension Experience. It's quite an advanced idea, and it has to do with free will and choosing your perspective and that sort of thing. And then we talk about the Akashic Records and can they be of service to you? Do they help in any way? And can you predict the future with them? So I think you'll find this a fascinating episode. Uh, we have a situation somehow, which it, we may have been shadow banned or something happened, but we've seen a precipitous drop in the amount of people listening to the podcast, and we're not sure exactly why. But if you could do us a real favor here and leave a review, that seems to be the thing that helps us most in the algorithms and gets us up there in the rankings or leave a comment or like and subscribe or share with your friends. All that stuff really helps a lot and we appreciate everything you do. All right, let's get ready for today's episode. We're thrilled to be here. Yeah, Hi, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Hi, Joshua. Imagine that you are one of the world's greatest novelists. You have an idea for a story. In your story, it's going to be an adventure and you've picked your main character. This character is brave and magnificent, but doesn't really understand exactly who he is at the moment. You see, you've written the entire novel, and when your story starts, your main character has no idea that he's the lead in this production. Could be a movie, could be a play, could be a novel, could be any story that you can think of. What would be the benefit of telling the lead character what the story is going to entail? and how it's going to turn out, and who he truly is. Well, that wouldn't be much of a story. It wouldn't be much of an adventure. It wouldn't be much of an interesting read or a fun movie to watch. What you want to see is how the character will evolve as he's placed in certain situations and comes up against obstacles and has his fears and doubts and little idiosyncrasies and insecurities. Does he overcome them? Does he face the challenges? Does he shy away? Does he meet new people along the road? You also wrote every character that supports him, or even those that are the villains or the ones who will block his path to what he desires. You see, this is the exact same thing that's happening in your life. You are the author of your story, but you wrote this story from your non-physical position. You took great care in planning this out choosing the characters, choosing the traits and attributes of your main character. And then you decide, I'm going to jump into my own story. But it wouldn't help you if you remembered how that story was going to play out. You had to forget. And so when you jumped into this life, you jumped forgetting who you are and forgetting who everyone else is, feeling separate from all of them. And this makes for a very interesting story. And when you return to the non-physical, you will witness the entire evolution of who you are from your non-physical position. 
you will have expanded through each and every experience in your story. Now, how you choose to participate in the story that is your life is up to you. You have complete freedom. You can be, have, and do anything within your story. You don't want it to turn out a certain way. You have a little bit of faith that your inner self knows what you want to experience, what will lead to the highest elevation in your perspective, what your true goals are and your intentions, and you leave the rest up to your main character. Your main character is you, and you can experience this story any way you like. If you want to shy away and pretend you're the victim rather than the hero, you're welcome to do that. Is it going to be fun? Probably not. But if you choose to be the creator of the story, choose to perceive it in your own way as you want, as the magnificent, limitless, eternal being of love that you are, well, then it's going to be an adventure. And you're going to choose to perceive everything in joy. Joy isn't necessarily excitement and exhilaration and jumping up and down. It's sometimes curiosity and contemplation, looking back, how is this for me? Where is this leading me? What do I truly want? Who am I truly? That's what the story is all about. How do you discover that you're the main character in your story? Well, you go along with every experience. You understand that it's been written for you and that everyone there is a character supporting you. They're playing their roles perfectly and they're leading you to higher and higher and higher perspectives if you want to play along. You don't have to. You can pretend that they're out to get you and that nothing's working out for you and that you are sort of stuck with the Latin life that you have and have no possibility of changing. You can do it that way if you like, or you can think a little bit more. This story was written for you. These people are here to support you, every single one of them, whether they're your mate or children or parents or friends or even your enemies. They play a part. And when you see what they're doing and how they're playing their role as a reflection of how you're choosing to pursue this character that you've decided was you, well, then you can let them off the hook because you've seen it already. You understand it. You know it. And when you rewrite your script as you go along, well, you can rewrite anything. You can have any adventure you choose. You can adopt any identity. You do not have to be stuck with the person that you think you are. You can actually step into the role of the hero and rewrite your own character. Well, your character is an identity, is a persona, is a personality, and there are certain aspects of your identity that are inherent to who you truly are, but there's much, much, much more that is quite limiting that you think means something about you when it does not. You can literally change who you think you are in every case. There is nothing written in stone. This is a vibrant tapestry of adventure, of thrills, of challenges and obstacles, of expansion. That's what you came for. You didn't come to be in a story where you remembered the whole thing from the beginning. That would have been too boring for you. You've done that enough times already. What you came to do is seek new ways of thinking, new belief systems, new expansion, new perspectives. You're doing that now. The proof is you're here. You're listening to this. You're on this call now or listening to it at a later date. This is the proof. You are the Neo in your story, the one. Everyone else has come to support you. 
they are your cast of characters and they can do anything for you that you like. If you wish them to point out what you think are your shortfalls, they will do so. If you wish them to point out your strengths and your traits and your talents and your attributes, they'll do that as well. They'll do anything that you need them to do as long as you are choosing to see yourself from higher and higher perspectives. As long as you are choosing to see yourself as the one who has come to shake things up and have some fun and see what can happen. When you look at your life from that perspective, as the star of your own movie, well, then anything is possible for you because you are the blockbuster they all came to see, the celebrity. That's who you are now. You don't have to be different than you are. You just have to think of yourself a little bit differently. And when you do, the set will change. The scenery will change. Even the path might change. You don't need it to because... From your perspective, you can't see which outcome would be best for you. That would take a broader view. You have to trust that as the author of your story, you crafted a perfect tale. And when you return the non-physical, you will see exactly what we're talking about. If you can see it now, you will move leaps and bounds in perspective. And this will shift everything for you. Who you want to be from a limited perspective is what you've seen before in other stories. But this story, your story, is something new. Your story is unimaginable. To get there, to understand it, to see it, to realize that it is and has always been and always will be unimaginable, you'll have to take a leap in perspective. And if you can do that, this will be a bestseller. With that, we'd like to talk to you about anything you want to talk about. Who'd like to start? Hi, Joshua. It's Undine. Undine. I wonder if I could ask you about how we can say no to something. I can give a little bit information or just let you lead on that. We would like you to fill in the outline of this and then Question. we will run with it. Sure. Okay. I've always been a yes person, but uh, something has just kind of flipped or cracked in me I've been with my partner for 14 years and he has asked me for some money to pay for something that he wants and I am not really in a position to do that one we're not married two if anything happens I need a little bit of money as my velvet cushion and he wants to purchase something of vast expense to make himself, I believe, feel better. And I've actually turned around and said no, which is really good for me because I've got my empire back and I've turned around and said no. But I'm now being punished for saying no. So what I want to ask you and anybody listening to this in the future, how we navigate the situation where somebody, I know nobody can make us feel guilty, but I am kind of feeling guilty because I said no to something and I know nobody can create no reality and I'm creating that myself. So I don't want to have the guilt, but I do want to be able to quite clearly set boundaries and say no to something. Excellent. Well, we would say that saying no in this instance is not setting boundaries whatsoever. We would say that from the highest perspective, when someone is looking to you to solve their problems of how they feel, 
not up to you. It's up to them. They might be perceiving that you have the answer for them and that if you were to give them this money or anything else that you can think of, anything else they would ever ask for, that you could simply give it to them and then they'd feel better for a little while and then they would want something else and want something else and want something else because you'd be training them to believe that the outside conditions, in this case it's you, would be responsible for how they feel. And of course, this would only occur if they saw themselves in their story as the victim. Well, they're the hero of their story, and at times you might be the challenge or the obstacle that they face. How can they get to feeling good on their own without relying on you? Well, if you've been saying yes most of your life, you've been perceiving everyone in your life, all the characters in your story, as the victims. And you've been wanting to help them because you see them as needing your help. And so you say yes. And for a short time, they feel a bit better and they appreciate you maybe in the moment because you've acquiesced to their demand. They've gotten what they think they want, but they have not gotten what they truly want. What they truly want is a shift of perspective that would solve the feeling that they're looking for. The feeling of inadequacy, not enoughness, unworthiness. All these things that cannot be solved from the outside conditions, they cannot be solved from the inside conditions. They are inherently worthy, inherently adequate, inherently enough. They just have to see it, and that is a shift in perspective. So before you say yes or no, think about why they're asking. Where is it coming from? Why would you acquiesce? What are you wanting? Are you wanting to solve the problem of your guilt? Or are you able to see them as perfect as they are and not needing you? Imagine how much better your mate might feel if instead of going the easy route to you and getting the normal answer of yes and perceiving somehow that that means that you love him or appreciate him, you said, no, I still love you. I still appreciate you. I think you're wonderful. Has nothing to do with any of that. But I'm not in the position, nor do I care to. So now it's up to you, the challenge, to see what you can get. And I am not going to interfere in that. If you believe that this purchase will make you feel something because it will change your state or your conditions, and you will be able to look upon those conditions and feel a bit better about it, then you're welcome to try it and go ahead. But generally speaking, that cannot work. If you can realize that this purchase has nothing to do with your worthiness, has nothing to do with how I see you or how others see you, it has to do with how you see you. And if you could see yourself the way I see you as perfect, would you really want this purchase? Would it really make a difference to you? And then he'll be angry, he'll sulk, he'll walk away, he'll blame you for this, that, and the other thing and call you uncaring as they do, but that brings it back to you. He is your character. He is showing you a reflection of you. In order to be loved, must you solve other people's dilemmas? Must you be there to wrestle the outside conditions in a way that will make them feel good? If you do, you'll be doing this the rest of your story. But if you show them that their perspective is what's causing them to feel good or bad, pointed out in other areas of their life that are working, you are successful in business. People respect you. You have friends, whatever it may be. Do you need to change 
that condition in that area of your life. No, of course you don't, because in that area of your life that you see yourself from a high perspective, everything's working and you feel good. What is the area of your life that doesn't seem to be working? Why do you need this to prove something about yourself? What is the underlying belief system that causes you to think that this toy is going to make a difference? Do you care what people think? Do you want to have some outside proof of your success other than the people who love and appreciate you just for being you? This is rampant in your society. So those of you who are on this new path, this new approach to life, now have to think, is it enough for me just to accept everyone else? Is this what I came for? Is this my story? Or is there something more? Am I to be maybe an example of this myself? And in saying no, in this case, you become that example. I do not need you to approve of me to feel positive emotion. Certainly, I may feel guilty initially because I have a momentum of saying yes. And so when I say no, it's uncomfortable. You can have a momentum of saying no. And when you say yes, it's uncomfortable. It doesn't matter. It's still the outside condition that you're wanting to change in order to feel better. So in this case, you have your manifestation event. You have this feeling of guilt. This feeling of guilt is representative of an approach to life or perspective or how you're seeing your reality as inaccurate. You could not feel negative emotion of any kind if you were perceiving your reality accurately. And so when you say no, which is not your normal approach, you think it has something to do with how he's going to see you or how anyone else will see you. I'm not being loving. I'm not being supportive. I'm not being kind. I'm not being generous. And I know this because he is saying things to me in a way that makes me feel negative emotion. If he was three years old and asked for a motorcycle, you would have no problem saying no. The three-year-old would do the exact same thing. Yell and scream and call you names. But you wouldn't feel guilty because you would know this is preposterous. I am not here to buy a three-year-old a motorcycle. If you could see everyone as operating in a way that they were taught from the age of three years old to get what they want, they have to conjole and manipulate and scream and withhold their love. You see, if you can get someone else who is perceiving themselves as a victim to believe something about themselves that is inaccurate, they will feel negative emotion. If you tell something to someone and they believe you, and that belief is inaccurate, or that perception of the situation is inaccurate, they're going to feel negative emotion every time because they're perceiving this situation inaccurately. As soon as they perceive it accurately, they'll feel positive emotion. As soon as you perceive the situation accurately, you'll feel positive emotion. Now, you're not here to change him or create his reality. You're not here to make him different than he is. You're here to accept him. Of course he's going to ask you. Of course he's going to feel upset if you say no. There's no other possibility for him. He believes, like most people, that the outside conditions can make him feel something he does not feel now. He's looking at you to solve his feelings 
but his feelings are generated from perceiving something inaccurately. So if you do solve his feelings, you're not helping anything. You're part of the issue. This is not what you came for. You came to be the example. The example of what? I accept you as perfect. You can come to me. You can ask me for anything. I will say yes. I will say no. Based in my perception of the highest perspective. You can get upset. It doesn't matter to me. You can leave. It doesn't matter. But I am not going to waver here. In seeing your perfection, I'm going to lead you to only one thing. You seeing it also. I'm going to hold this vision of perfection on you. And I'm going to expect you not to see it because it's more difficult for you to see the perfection that's you than for me to see it. Now, here's the rub. I will feel negative emotion when you are not happy with me because I've been saying yes, 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 yes my whole life. Here I am reaching a new level of perspective where I can finally say no. Now I have to hold to a perspective myself. I have to hold to the perspective of perfection myself. For whatever reason, could be fear, could be absolute knowing, or anything in between, I am choosing right now that the highest perspective is not to acquiesce to your demand. You're going to say something to me. I'm going to take it from a limited perspective because I care very much about your opinion of me. But I'm not asking you to be different. I'm going to go and I'm going to discover the limiting belief that's causing me to feel a bit of fear right here. I will do my work. I will process this limiting belief. And I will see myself from a hyper, higher perspective. And after a bit of time, whether that's four seconds or four hours or four years, I know I will reach the higher perspective because you are serving me here. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you for having the idea of buying this thing and then having the idea of asking me for money and then believing that I should give you the money based on our relationship. And I appreciate you for believing or thinking in a way that is inaccurate and then acting on an urge to try to move me into another line of thinking. But I won't move because I'm choosing the higher perspective. And this higher perspective is the value to me and an example to you. You see, I no longer choose to believe that the outside conditions can make me feel something. That is over now. How I feel has to do with my perception of reality. If that perception of reality is accurate, I will feel positive emotion. Since I feel negative emotion in this case, I know my perception's inaccurate. I'm reading the story from the inside rather than from the bigger picture. So I look at the entire story. I look at the person that you are. I look at the growth that I've had over the last several years. I look at what I've learned so far. And I trust that my inner self is always guiding me through emotion. If that emotion is what I call negative emotion, there's only one reason. Because I think something that isn't true. So what is true? The truth is that you're the creator of this reality. You're the star of the story. You have more information. You are very powerful. 
nothing can happen to you. Everything's happening for you. This will play out in an unimaginable way. We will connect on a deeper level. I will help you see a higher perspective yourself. When you see the higher perspective of who you truly are, will you still want this thing you think you want? Probably not. You probably will not need it. Now, think about this. Imagine that he's going to take this money and he's going to buy this toy. And that he's going to be feeling good for about a day. And then because he's buying it from a limited perspective, trying to affect his outside conditions to make him feel something he doesn't feel now. He's going to have manifestation event after manifestation event after manifestation event after manifestation event. You know this going in because you're looking at it from a higher perspective. You know exactly what's going to happen. So without telling him, because he will never believe you, you hold in your mind the picture of all the things that would be happening to become obstacles to show him that his need for this thing to improve how he feels in this one area of his life is not necessary. You can solve all of that by saying no. Do you understand? Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Yeah, you, you've described it in a nutshell. Absolutely. It's not going to make him feel any better because every way he's turned to get this one thing, he has been blocked every single place. And he's now coming to me because he's been blocked in every avenue. And I have said, can't you see you're not it, it, this is not for you because wherever you turn, nothing is working out for you in any area that you're trying to manifest the money to pay for it. You're being blocked. The universe is telling you without a shadow of a doubt that you shouldn't be doing this. Well, it goes a little deeper than that. The reason he's blocked in every other possible avenue is so that it has to come to you. That's where you are now. This whole thing is not for him. It's for you. None okay. of the other things could work out because it had to come finally to you. For you to be the one who can see it from the higher perspective and say no. And when you think about it like that and you look at him, you can drop to your knees in gratitude for everything he's had to go through his entire life to believe that this one purchase will make him feel finally worthy. And the one person who stops it, who has final say at the end, is the one person who he counts on to make him feel worthy. <laughs> no accidents in this world, in this story. Everything. Thank, Thank you so much, Joshua. Thank you. That all makes sense. Thank you. Pamela. Hi, Joshua. Um, I've come to the point in the Ascension experience where it started talking about neutrality um, and the zero choice point. And I understand it intellectually, but I'm having some issues understanding it beyond, an, well, believing it as attainable, put it that way, because I hear that We've come into this world, we've, we've 
we've gotten limiting beliefs and that we are working through those limiting beliefs, but we will always have some sort of fear that whenever we receive inspiration, we push past the fear, but at the zero choice point, there is no fear to push past because it cannot exist at that point. So I'm having issues, number one, understanding how those two fit together, and number two, understanding how is it possible to come to a true state of neutrality because as I examine this, I'm finding duality in even the smallest and tiniest of areas. And it's a bit overwhelming. (laughs) We will give you a wonderful example that will make sense to you perfectly. Imagine that you're invited to the Queen's Supper. It's a regal affair. Only the best of the best are invited. And you've been somehow, some way invited as well. You've been given a gown to wear. A limousine is coming to pick you up. You are whisked to the castle. You are walking the red carpet and paparazzi is taking pictures of you. You walk in and you are greeted instantly with a glass of champagne and everyone is asking you who you are and how you got here. And there was something remarkable that got you this invitation. Everyone is interested in hearing what you have to say. You meet the king and the queen and they're enchanted and delighted to meet you. You sit down at this long table with all the others in this spectacular dining room. And then you are served the first course. Are you going to send it back? Are you going to say, no, I don't like this? Are you going to say, I wish I had something else? You would have zero choice. You would be so thrilled to be there, so amazed that anything would be delightful, that there would be nothing they could put in front of you that you would have any complaints with. There'd be no choice. Why? Because your perspective is so high. In this setting, in this wonderful location, with all the opulence and all the wonderment of it, just the story of being there, so thrilling, so interesting. How did you get here? So amazing. You are just dazzled by every sight, every sound, every personality there. You feel totally comfortable, excited, and honored to be there. And you sit down, and they serve whatever they serve. And everything is perfect. That's zero choice. It's so good, there's no possible way you could look at any of it as not good enough. Let's take another example. You are adventuring through the woods. You have your backpack and some water, and you're really enjoying your time, your adventure, hiking through the woods. But at some point, you get lost, and you don't know where you are. And so you ramble around, and you ramble around, and you're starting to get a little scared, and it gets dark, and you climb a tree, and you're awake all night because there's noises out there. And you're thinking, I hope I survive the night. And somehow the sun starts to come up and you're relieved that you're alive overnight and you cut down from the tree and you head off in one direction. You're still completely lost, but eventually you come to a road and you're so relieved that you've gotten to this road and you wave down the first car that comes to you. They pull over, very nice couple in there. They said, are you lost? And you said, yes, 
I've been alone in the woods. I couldn't find my way out. They say, well, come with us. We'll take you back into town. And you say, no, I don't like the color of your car. You see? Zero choice point. You are beyond preferences at this point. Now, this is the life that you intended to live, all of you. To get beyond needing the outside conditions to be any certain way. Doesn't matter. You're going where you're going. You're going to have the experiences you have to experience. The timing is always perfect. You don't have to wish it was going this way or hope it's going this way or want it to be any different than it is. If you were to understand the brilliance and spectacular life that you are living, there would be no choices. You would just live within the perspective that you're holding and know that it's perfect. If you wanted something different, you would shift your perspective upwards or downwards. It doesn't matter. If you really enjoy perceiving yourself as a victim, then that's fine. If you really like complaining, if you really like wishing things were different, go ahead and that. But if you want to see yourself as the, as the creator of this reality, you must know that everything is perfect. In that knowing everything is perfect, if they serve you some coffee with slightly less cream than you normally like, drink the coffee and imagine this isn't that bad. This is actually a little bit different taste and I kind of like it a little better. Knowing that that coffee had to be served to you with that amount of cream at that time because that was perfect for you. Once you have it in the moment, it's done. It's complete. It's established. If you're going to complain about it, well, you're going to take the perspective of the victim and that purpose, and you're going to have a limit, more limited perspective. That's fine. You can choose that, and you are choosing that. Or you can choose to see it as perfect. Now, will you be able to see everything as perfect? No. But will you be able to see some things as perfect? Absolutely. In fact, you see more things as perfect than your average bear. You see many things as perfect. You may consider yourself to be one who wishes things were different more often or complains here and there or holding on to victimhood, but you cannot compare yourself to anyone else because you have no idea how they're feeling or what they're thinking given their level of emotional sensitivity and how they're perceiving themselves. There are those living in villages in absolute joy every single moment of their life. But they have a different circumstance. They have a different understanding of who they are in the world. They believe they were born at the right place at the right time, living the exact perfect life for them. It just doesn't have a lot of oomph into it. There's not a lot of complexity to it. You've all come to live in a highly, highly, highly complex, fascinating, adventurous world. Why? Because you're adventurous. You're explorers. You're mavericks. You came to shake things up and do things differently and think a different way. In doing that, you're going to be exposed to a lot of choices. Look at your grocery store. Think of that grocery store 100 years ago. What was available then? What was the price of everything then? What was the relative cost of everything then? How difficult was it to attain the things you take for granted 100 years ago? Most of which would be impossible, you see. Well, why did you choose to come into a society at this time where there are so many choices? Because it gets too easy for you. Simple choices... Sure, you don't have a lot of examples of those living extravagant lifestyles 
a hundred years ago. Everyone is pretty much living the same kind of life. You come in now in this Western society at this time of technology and opulence, and now you've got to make choices. You think, but it has nothing to do with what you believe you want or need or should have. It has to do with your perspective. Zero choice point equals absolute knowing who you are. In that absolute knowing who you are, you will have the highest perspective and there will be no choices. In a limited perspective, it seems like there's lots of choices, but you're not getting what you want. That's all based in fear. The wolves with the very, very, very limited perspectives living in your society can see what everyone else is getting, can wish and hope and dream, and then know they'll never have it. They have infinite choice point because their perspective is limited. As you raise your perspective, every single aspect of your life you see is perfect. Therefore, there's no choices. The highest, highest, highest perspective, you understand that your script is written and it's all up to you how it's going to unfold for you. So you say, I chose the time and place of my birth. I chose those specific parents and they were supporting me to get where I am now to the zero choice point. I had to come from a very limited perspective and rock it up to a very high perspective for this to be an amazing story, an unimaginable story. They played their part perfectly. I didn't see it at the time, but I see it more now. And so I would not trade them for the world. I see all the people in my life. Some at the time I thought were wonderful and some at the time I thought were not, but they were all perfect. I see this moment right now, engaged in this very high conversation as perfect. I might not understand that. I might not be getting the answers that I want, but it's perfect. I see the next manifestation event that comes around the corner. Sure, I'm resisting it. Sure, I wish it was different. Sure, it, in the moment, I believe it shouldn't be happening. But I know for sure that as time passes and as, as I process this, I will see that moment as perfect as well. And if I've crafted my past so perfectly, and if the present is so perfect, I am 100% confident that the future will unfold perfectly as well. And so I have nothing to worry about. I don't even need to think about it because nothing is happening in the future. I do not have to prepare for it other than my perspective. And I got to choose any perspective. So imagine there's a perspective at one or at 100. And you'll be bouncing around, bouncing around, up and down, up and down, up and down, but generally at the higher and higher and higher perspectives. As you maintain a high perspective in a situation where you would have cast yourself as the victim in your story, but now you're changing that definition saying that's no, that's the hero in the story, you will have different choices going forward, different inspiration, different ideas coming to you from this higher perspective. Until your perspective is so high, you are out of choices. There's only one choice every single time. Now, we'll let you in on a little secret. You are all in the zero choice point now. You see, it is neutral. The illusion is duality. 
the illusion is good or bad, right or wrong, more or less, better or worse. The illusion is that you have some choice. But because it's perfect, there's only one choice. Wherever you are in that perspective, that's the only choice. Let's say that you are seeing yourself from a very high perspective. We'll call this 90. At that perspective, some event is going to happen. You're going to react from that 90 perspective to that event. Not all the way at the top, but very high up there. You're going to have one choice. It may seem like you have several choices, but they all are basically the same choice. Everything is the illusion. You are going to do what you are going to do. If you look at your past, you did what you did every single moment of your life based on your perspective. Had you had a different perspective, you would have had a different set of choices. There is no choice. Zero choice point. The illusion is that there's duality. The truth is how you see it from your perspective causes what comes into your mind, those ideas. This is an attractive reality. Your perspective is your vibration. Do you understand that part? How you see yourself in your reality, in that area of your life, is your perspective. That's a vibration. That vibration attracts thoughts. You witness some event. Say you're at the grocery store, and a little girl is screaming for some toy that she wants her mother to buy. And the mother is ignoring her or just not giving her too much attention. And you as a mother have a reaction to that. From your high perspective where you say everything's perfect, they are both getting what they need as well as everyone else who's witnessing this. They're all getting something from this. That's a very high perspective. So the thought that comes to you might just be to smile. You could have a very limited perspective as a mother thinking this mother doesn't know what she's doing and she's causing a scene and, oh, I would never treat my child like that. And she would have an urge to change a condition. She might go up to the mother and say something, never going to get her what she wants. She had no choice. She had the idea. She acted on the urge because of her limited perspective. She had no choice. She was going to do whatever she was going to do based on that perspective. She chose the limited perspective, thinking people should be like this, casting judgment. You chose the higher perspective. Therefore, your choice, the thoughts that came to you based on the attraction to the vibration you were offering, that was the choice based in that perspective. The illusion is choice. The truth is where your perspective is attracts what you think is your choice. Excellent. Thank you. We'll give you some time to chew on that one. Yes. <laughs> Who's next? Hi, Joshua. Can you explain to the audience the concept of the Kashuk records? And do you recommend as we develop our um, senses do you recommend for us to tap into that or is it better not to know things too much in the, in the future path or so that you can experience it completely in wonder and surprise and not have that access to the cost of records? Well, a record is a recording 
of something that has happened. So if you tap into the recordings of what has happened, you're not going to have any idea what's going to happen in the future. The future is variable. People say this, there are things that are known in the universe, and then there are things that are unknown. The more you know, the more there is to know. In the non-physical, there's no way to unlock the unknown. Why not? Because the unknown can only be unlocked through desire. We have no desire in the non-physical, no strong desire. You come here, you have very strong desire. You have feelings. You feel something. You forget who you are, so you endeavor to discover who you are. You feel separate, so you endeavor to connect or protect yourself. And from that, you generate desires. The desires unlock the information right away. What you have experiences are expansive. The expansiveness is recorded. So every single experience of every single life adds to the Akashic Records, adds to the recordings. You can tap into that because every experience you've ever had is recorded in you as well. You are the universe. You could say it's in your DNA if you'd like to. And so you could tap into that, and you do when you say memory. But it's not really helpful because you can't remember your perspective back when it happened. You just have a guideline. It's not helpful to tap into the Akashic records of something that happened 500 years ago because you have no perspective. You can't imagine what those people were thinking. There's some little tricks and fun things you can do. And in certain occasions, it could be helpful, but you don't need to. We don't spend a lot of time combing through the Akashic Records. We can access them anytime, if necessary, for context to a degree, but there's nothing thrilling about what's past. What's thrilling is what's now. We live in the now. You live in the now. You might think about the past or the future, but you're always doing it in the now. The now is where everything's happening. It's exciting. What's unfolding for you and everyone else right now? That's what's interesting. What's being unlocked by new questions that you're all asking or new adventures you're all having, new desires you're all birthing. What's interesting about this reality is that it is a generator of the new. Incredibly so. Because you can't remember who you are. You can't know that you're connected, but in those two positions, you're in a lot of fear. Now, humans have unlocked incredible things that we wonder at far more than most other realities. But most of it has been based in fear. What if you created based in love right now? What if you had a sense of who you are, had a sense that you're connected, operated from that approach to life? Didn't need to protect yourself. Didn't need to worry about the future. Didn't need to regret the past. Didn't need to be different than you are. You were fully authentic. Tapped into your power. What happens then? Well, that's what's happening now. It's the unimaginable. You can't imagine it. We can't imagine it. You see, if you get into a relationship and that is based in fear, you have an idea of what's going to happen. One person's going to want to control the other person to feel good. The other person's going to blame the other person that they don't feel good, this, that, and the other thing. 
But if you get into a relationship based in pure love, understanding who you are and that you're connected, you're all one, and that there is no past, there is no future, it is just now. That's a unimaginable relationship. And what comes from that relationship? The experiences, the feelings have never been felt before. That's all the new. Of course, that gets to added to the record as well. But we're experiencing it while it happened, and so are you. Yet you're here on Earth with the strength and intensity of the feeling. What you're here to do is experience new feelings, not just for you, but for all of humanity. New discoveries of information, new discoveries of emotion, depth of emotion, new ways of thinking that help you feel better, that become examples to others, that lead the mass consciousness of the whole planet to higher and higher and higher perspectives. You see, all of this happens at higher perspectives. You get to a higher perspective, you attract thoughts that have never been attracted before. You attract experiences that have never been experienced before. You feel emotions that have never been felt before. That's what's exciting. That's what's possible here, more so than anywhere else in the universe. This is why we're all here. Everyone's here. Everyone's watching. Everyone's marveling at it. Very few want to do it themselves, but they are so grateful for your participation, your courage to come here. When you come from a perspective that few souls inexistent would ever dare to do from such a limited perspective, given the power that you are, it's marvelous, literally marvelous. They marvel at you. They revere you and respect you. I think you're a bit nuts, but someone's got to do it. And you're the ones who jumped in here courageously. Good thing you forgot because you jumped back out. That was very important aspect of this reality. On the way down, you forget you can jump out at any time. And so you're anchored here, which is nice, because that gives you a chance to get a foothold and to start embarking on a new thing. Now, those of you at the leading edge of all of this came in with high emotional sensitivity and chose setups, framing of your story that would give you the greatest leap in perspective. The hero's journey. Starts out, Average person, somehow, some way, gets set forth on this journey and ends up conquering some beast, some dragon. Well, that person did not think that's what was going to happen when they started out on their story. And had they known that was going to happen, they probably wouldn't have volunteered for this. But what they really did was not become a hero. They were a hero all along. The hero evolved out of them was displayed based in the obstacles and the trajectory of that story. That story is not one of becoming better than you were because the hero was always the hero. On the first page of that book, you knew exactly who the hero was. The hero didn't know. And through a series of events, the hero discovered the hero was a hero. But the hero was always a hero, so the hero did not become better, just had the adventure. All the hero did was shift their perspective. At the beginning, they had a limited perspective. At the end, they had a higher perspective. Why? Because they had the experience along the way. Now, along the way, they thought some things were bad and shouldn't have happened. But it had to happen to get experience, 
courage, bravery, strength along the way, knowledge, those things had to happen. The hero would have said, well, why don't you just give me a bazooka right now? I'll walk over, blow that thing up. No, we'll give you this tiny little pocket knife. See what you can do with that. It's not an adventure if the odds are stacked in the hero's favor. It's an adventure when the odds are stacked against the hero. Now, when you pick up a book to read, generally speaking, you're aware that this main character is going to end up being the hero. That makes it a little predictable, a little boring. What if you didn't know? You pick up the book. The hero could just be saying, I don't like where I live. I want to, I wish things were different. I, I don't like with the food here. I think that things, people should be nicer to me. The whole book. You don't know. See, so when you picked up a book, you would have no idea what's going to happen to our hero. Occasionally, you'll find a hero who goes through all these obstacles, keeps a stiff upper lip, has the higher perspective all the way through, and easily defeats the dragon at the end. Also boring. Occasionally, you'll find a hero never gets up the courage to leave the house. Okay? And once in a while, you'll find the hero that goes through this interesting weave and pattern and bobbing and back and forth and up and down trail to get to the dragon. And sometimes the dragon needs a hero, but that's okay because the hero cannot die. Just a story. So who do you want to be? You don't need to look at what's happened in the past. You want to be who you're going to be, but you have no idea who that's going to be because it's an unfolding story. You just want to be the adventurer, the courageous one, the one who's willing to take the risk, the one who's willing to think of others, the one who's willing to serve, the one who's willing to be an example. I slayed this dragon and you can too. Read my book. It'll show you how. Do you want to know the future? Of course not. You want to be surprised and delighted. That's the only reason you came. The only way we're surprised and delighted is watching those of you on the leading edge of the leading edge of thought doing things that are unimaginable. We didn't see that one coming. We didn't see that one coming. What does that mean? This is something new. Oh, this is a whole new idea here. That's surprising. That's delightful. That's what you want. And you can't have that by knowing the future. This has been an amazing conversation with leading edge characters, heroes, spectacular superstars, <laughs> eternal, limitless beings of love who don't know what's going on, who don't know where it's going, but are thinking in a new way. And possibly this new way of thinking can lead to the unimaginable, to surprise and delight you and those of us who are watching you and become examples for the others in your life who chose you for this role and came to support you. And with that, we are complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's sort of amazing. This is episode 500 and something. And Joshua seems to be able to come up with something new every single time. In this case, they use this analogy of a story, which I think is very helpful. One of the things that I've thought about lately is, can we really perceive that much from our reality and what are we missing? And so that joke that is two fish are swimming along and one fish says to the other, how's the water today? And the other fish says, what's water? It's sort of like that with us. The idea is that we are intricately connected to everything in our reality. 
This is the idea of oneness. We can't perceive that, though, for some reason. It's the illusion of separation. And from that illusion causes all fear. So understanding oneness then would reduce your fear. But how do you see it? Because it's invisible to us. There's a way to get there. And through raising your perspective, you naturally see more and more oneness and more and more connection. And there's clues to this puzzle that come through when you get to that higher perspective. So this game is always about raising your perspective of yourself in your reality. And you do that by seeing yourself as one with everything and that everything is a reflection of how you see yourself. So that's sort of what I've been thinking about lately. And I think Josh is going to talk about that a lot more in the coming weeks. Um, please do what you can to help us out. We've seen a crazy drop in people uh, listening to the up to the shows. I don't know what's happening here. It's can't, you know, there's got to be something to do with the algorithm. So if you could do us a favor and leave a comment or a review or both, that would be amazing. Make sure you're subscribed and all that. And we will continue to put out this podcast a couple times a week is what we try to do. We also have a new podcast. Christy and I are doing it together. It's called An Unimaginable Life. And you can find that on Spotify and Podbean for now. And later on, you'll see it on iTunes and the rest of them. All right. Thanks for being here. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.